This is the I Read Comic Books podcast, the very best comic book podcast for regular comic fans. I'm your host, Mike Rappin, and joining me this week, two holiday spirits. They have chains and whips, and they look very excited. Brian Murray. Ho, ho, ho. And Danny, host of the Next Issue podcast. Are we like the spirits of Rihanna or something? What's going on? It's it's if the Muppet Christmas Carol met Rihanna. That's okay. that's what I'm going with there. Uh, um, good with that. Okay, cool. Uh, well, you're both very hot, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, the end of the year is coming up. <laughs> And I just want to remind everybody that our Goodreads reading challenge ends on December 16th. If you haven't updated your list, I'm reminding everybody, go do that now. Make sure that you get that list finished up. And please be honest, read all the books, have a good time. And if you finish the list, you can help us pick the book that we're going to talk about as the book of the month for January here on the show, as well as that will be the first book that we read for the Goodreads reading challenge starting next year. And the first book that we read is a group on Goodreads. It's a really cool thing. There's a lot of amazing books on there, 24 incredible books that we're asking you to read. So please go check that out. Um, there's a link in the show notes for that. But let's get into the show. I have two legally mandated questions that I've got to do. And since we had so many technical difficulties, we're just going to jump into it. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Danny. Uh, well, I've been doing very well, actually. I will say I've been watching a lot of movies and not reading as many comics. I guess not more than I need to. Like there's a certain number that I need to for like to talk about them in videos and stuff. But like, Sure, sure. Man, it's been a busy time with the movie. So, like, yeah, I've been my AMC Stubbs uh, membership is getting worked every week. <laughs> nice, <laughs> getting your money's nice. worth. That's yeah, right. dude. Yeah. Uh, but as far as comics, comics have been great. We are spinning into the holiday season. Uh, so the first book I read is uh, to follow along with my reading, uh, my top of the pile from last week is Batman Santa Claus Silent Night number one. What? <laughs> <laughs> which is not the DC anthology for this uh, holiday that's coming out this week. Okay. This is actually a four issue mini series written by uh, Jeff Parker with art by Michelle Bandini colors by Alex and Claire letters by Pat Brousseau in, uh, in this book, the dark Knight partners with the not so jolly St. Nick and Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, <laughs> It's great. This uh, is insane. Okay, keep going. Please. No, this Mike, this is really good stuff. St. Nick has to hit Gotham to investigate some brutal crimes leading up in the days, uh, in the days leading up to Christmas. What manner of man or beast could have committed such atrocities? Uh, and the best thing is that, yes, Santa Claus is canon to the DC universe. Okay. Uh, confirm, maybe first. Of, it's not, I don't think it's a first appearance, but. If you want, yeah, yeah. If you're one of those key issue, you know, buyers that where they confirmed it right here, right now, um, which is the reason I, I mean, I picked it up for many reasons, including the Dan Mora, the, the cover. Yeah, uh, understandable. Dan Mora also worked on Clouds with Grant Morrison, so like very similar looking characters, but also very distinct in some aspects. Uh, nice. There's a cover where uh, Dan Mora did the design for his Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like I, comp- I like compare it to the Klaus um, design, and it's like wow, this dude like even though they look very similar, like there's so many differences because they're completely different characters, really. Uh, but it's really fun. Uh, as I mentioned, Santa Claus is real, and oh, we find out in this book that he was one of the people that trained Bruce Wayne at, on his <laughs> journey to become Batman. <laughs> That's awesome. a hell yes. That was the reaction I wanted from both of you. Yes. So, excellent. 
Um, so, so Batman's training is just half ninja, half Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that's very charming. I think I think Jeff Parker really uh, did something fun here. Every time he had Santa Claus addresses someone, he addresses them by their name, and also their their childhood address. Like what? You know, yeah, yeah. So like he knows. Santa's just he, out here. He's just out he's here just doxing, doxing people's people. parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's out there doxing people. Um, and it's really fun because like all the bad family, they're like, Damien's like, hold on, Santa's real. Hold on a second. <laughs> the the boy that was raised by the League of Shadows can't believe this. Santa Claus is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So and then his cool. father personally knows him. Yeah, yeah. of course. Although, if there's one person that's gonna know him in the DC universe, I feel like Batman is a good one. Uh, of sure. course, another one is Satana because Santa Claus is magic, and so is she. So she shows mm. up to help. Uh, and we find out that Santa Claus has to fight some evil vampires that have been sent by an evil entity. Uh, but these aren't your regular vampires. They only have one big fang instead. It's it's different. It's different. Uh, like like on the side? Or no, in, no, like it's it, in the right middle. The... Kind of like a gopher. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was... <laughs> Fucking okay. buck tooth vampires. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Uh so my my last note just says instant holiday classic. So I'm I'm for sure. I, I can't wait. The next one comes out this week. I'm very excited for it. Uh wait, but, there's more of these? This isn't just a one shot? No, no, these are it's a four issue miniseries. So yeah. Oh my god. There's plenty of story to tell. Uh so this goes, is gonna be the perfect gift for collectors next year when you want to get someone like an interesting Christmas book or something or a holiday book, you get them the collected edition of Batman slash Santa Claus, Santa Claus silent night. I like that's this. Right. This is that's good. Right. A night with a K of course, because you know, of course, of course, around. of course, um, but that was a lot of fun. But, uh, Brian, have you been, how comic books been? Uh, I've been pretty good. I haven't done a whole lot of comics reading because not for any good reason. Like Danny, I'm just bad at this. But I did manage to find time to sit down and read Life is Strange, Forget Me Not, number one. It's written by Zoe Thorogood, with art by Claudia Leonardi, uh, colors by Andrea Izzo, and letters by And World Design. If you've been listening to the show for a while, I'm sure you've heard me talk about Life is Strange before. Uh, this franchise has been living rent-free in my head since 2016. Originally a video game, but they did put out a comic series that's sort of like I mean, it's, it's based on the game, on one ending of the game. It's one of those things where, like, the game could go in a handful of different directions depending on choices you make. So you'll always find some folks who are mad and saying that this is not the real uh, story. Oh, boy. But uh, Forget Me Not picks up after a possible ending of the most recent game in the series, Life is Strange True Colors, uh, which follows our main character, Alex Chen, who spends her her time in the sleepy town of Haven Springs, Colorado, uh, trying to solve the mystery of her brother's death and expose the villainous mining company responsible for it. This comic picks up immediately after the resolution of that, uh, when Alex and her girlfriend Steph have left Haven Springs to go on tour as their uh, are I don't know. I don't know what genre of music they are. Actually, I was going to say punk band, but that doesn't feel right. Mm. Folk punk is what I got out of the the feeling <laughs> for some reason, but maybe I just have punk on the brain because they did bring back uh, Chloe Price from the original series for this book, mm. uh, and she is your classic punk with a heart of gold. Gotcha. 
Well, Danny and I also checked this book out um, because Titan gracefully gave us an advanced copy. Um, I don't know if it came out already, but we did have a, a copy it of it later on. It comes out on the 13th. So, okay. Yeah. So it comes From out now. when this episode drops. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, taking a look at this book. I have no idea about anything in the Life is Strange like universe or story, uh, but I I got this book. I thought it, it was pretty straightforward. I'm sure that there were characters and people and references that I didn't pick up on or whatever, but there was nothing about this that made me feel like I was lost. Um, I kind of got the gist of most things, um, but I don't know. Danny, what did, what did you think about this? Uh, very similar. I think I want to say that the only other Life is Strange stuff was another book that maybe we read for like a Goodreads challenge or something. Maybe Brian might have even recommended that. Maybe. Uh, I'm sure I made you read it at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I remember, Al, um, not Alex, uh, uh, Chloe. I remember Chloe. Uh, at least the characters look familiar. But kind of like with uh, when I read the Hackslash book that's coming out, I also have never read any of that. But I felt like I think Zoe did just a really good job of like making sure I could come in and kind of just go with the flow. Uh, and, you know, we, we've been reading comics for a long time, so, like, it's not unusual for us to kind of jump into the middle of a run. Uh, and this sure. felt very similar mm-hmm. to that, right? Uh, I didn't, although there's a lot less Wikipedia entries for uh, for the specific comics. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, I was like, I really liked it. I The characters was like, oh, this looks like fun, and then it got weird, and then it got kind of sad. <laughs> and then he, and, that, and, that is the life is strange experience my friend <laughs> that's what i yeah that's how i've understood it to be it's fun it's weird it's sad <laughs> yeah yeah but uh it also looks beautiful like i really like especially when like i said i don't know exactly i guess when the characters are like kind of manifesting their powers or their abilities there's like some mm-hmm. coloring behind them it almost feels yeah. like they're about to like go super saiyan or something like the early stages of that uh yeah uh alex's power um it's i don't remember if it's explained explicitly in this book or not but her power is that she can read the emotions of other people right uh and that manifests as a colored aura around them Um, so blue for sad red for anger and so on gotcha so a lot of blue in this in this issue in particular yeah. yeah and i really liked how they they showed the fact that like sometimes a person's thoughts will like spill over when she's reading their emotions mm. and you got that when she was reading her friends her girlfriend steph yeah um when you started to see like little bits of like steph's own self-recriminations as mm-hmm. she's sort of like beating herself up in her head yeah 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 the cool like it was almost like a collage of images just kind of like in the background uh and then also with 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 another character the manifest power is also very similar like everything just kind of spills out onto the page very chaotically uh, with mm-hmm. our characters just kind of in the forefront of that. So I thought that was very cool. So I'm, I'm really on board with this book, even though I've never played these video games and I've only read one other comic book about this. Sure. Yeah. I can't help but wonder if, because they introduced Lily as this new character who has the power to take away someone's memories. So I, I'm, a little part of me is wondering, like, are we going to dig into where superpowers come from in this world? Mm. And I think probably not. But it, it's always been like something in the back of my head that's just like, hey, how come this random girl can rewind time? Are we ever going to talk right. about that? No. Okay. Because that's the premise of the first game, right? Or yes. the first couple of games, right? The okay. first game, yeah. Gotcha. And so I guess having read any of the other comics i'm assuming you've read some of them other than this before ryan yeah 
do, do you feel like or does each one kind of feel like it's adding more to the series do you feel like it's just like little side stories just to kind of like i guess i also add to the series but maybe not answer questions just kind of like be a little bit of extra content for diehard fans yeah, I, I think I only I only ended up reading the first, I think, three or four volumes out of six for the okay. original series. It's only. Um, yeah, I like that yeah. Brian says that like it's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, That's like maybe uh, 24 issues or something. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. like that, yeah. This takes, that, that story takes place when like Max has broken through into an alternate reality, basically, where Chloe and Rachel uh, have both survived because most of that most of the first game is keeping Chloe from death. Girl girl dies in every every episode of the game. <laughs> but, oh jeez. I'm very sure, I'm pretty sure that's the one I read too because it sounds from I know there was like a hurricane or something that she chose not to stop to save this this person uh, mm-hmm. or maybe the other way around. Either way. Wait, you could stop right a hurricane that. with time travel powers? Is that what I just heard? Well, they they go into kind of like a it's the butterfly effect. Yeah explanation oh, where like when she saved chloe's life with her time travel powers she caused the massive tornado to come wipe out their hometown yeah um, okay when she did that ashton kutcher rolled into town and then a hurricane yeah <laughs> yeah ashton kutcher came into town and personally killed everyone there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. well i guess brian as someone who's a big fan of this series um or someone who's at least dedicated a lot of time to you know reading the comics and playing the games how did you feel about this book um at least from the get-go i thought it was great i think uh alex and steph's relationship is something that i'm invested in i think they're both great characters and i think they're both good for each other steph has a hard time expressing her emotions and alex cannot help but read them i see (laughs) i think that'll be fun i think um the, the book mentions this a little bit, but they don't really go into a lot of details. But Alex uh, grew up in the foster care system after her father basically abandoned their family and her mother died. Um, okay. So she connects to this character, Lily, who is uh, couldn't be more than 10 years old, uh, who they just find in the street. And my first question is well why don't you just like call the police or something why are you just taking this kid on tour with you Mm -hmm. uh but then i thought about i was like well alex grew up in the foster care system so she knows exactly how bad that can be right there was a there was a line in the comic too where uh one of them asks you know we don't know what she's running from you know, right. um, yeah. which is a it's it's one of those nebulous kind of things to consider. Like if we call the cops, are they just going to take her back to the situation she was trying to get away from? You know, like mm-hmm. um, there's a lot there. So I, I, I it's interesting to get that context that the character that character also grew up in uh, the foster system because, yeah, that's that adds a lot more color to the situation. But enough about me. Let's talk about you, Mike. Oh, OK. Uh, well, I have been busy watching movies and watching youtube videos because i decided to start on that four hour h bomber guy video about (laughs) plagiarism um and it turns out it was all i could think about until i finished it so i've been watching that 
Uh, I saw Godzilla minus one yesterday, which was really fun. Um, I went to the IMAX showing beautiful movie. Um, I left the theater feeling a little bit deaf. It was so loud um, because the, sh- the movie definitely doesn't amp up any of the volume um, in like a natural way. It's like complete silence and people talking. And then all of a sudden Godzilla's on screen screaming and knocking over a thousand buildings. And while that all looks really cool and in the moment, it's awesome. Um, I definitely jumped multiple times not out of any kind of scary moment just because the sound suddenly got me right um but yeah go see that movie it's pretty awesome uh you'll never i'll never be able to get the godzilla theme out of my head that is paired with there's like this old rap song from like the early 2000s yeah, where yeah. this it just it uses go, the godzilla theme uh go, go watch charlie's angels and you'll know exactly what my oh yeah it's also about. in charlie's angels like <laughs> um, <laughs> before you go on, i just want to understand on that the loud sound of the theater uh so you know you're of a certain age because I bought earplugs that I take everywhere with me Smart. in case I go somewhere like super loud. Yeah. Um, now that was before these AirPods. The AirPods are also pretty good at noise cancellation, but I was like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm old enough that I probably should start protecting my ears when I go to loud places. <laughs> well, the problem is you should have been protecting your ears for years. <laughs> hey, maybe oh. I'll go back in time and butterfly effect it. Um, so. Yes, yes. Um, but anyway, but then Ashton of- Kutcher's gonna go kill us. <laughs> no way, Danny! Please. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we. <laughs> anything anything else that's wild um i did sit down and read a couple of comic books um as much as i want to talk about my pokemon go woes for this past week um i did read some comic books Uh, i read swan songs number five this is by w maxwell prince with art by alex ekman lawn uh the title of this issue is the end of anhedonia which is a word that i had to look up on the internet because i'd never heard of it before Uh, but from wikipedia uh, I learned from the plagiarism video that you can't just pull stuff. You have to you have to at least cite it. So I'm citing Wikipedia. Uh, anhedonia is a diverse array of, of deficits in hedonic function, including reduced motivation or ability to experience pleasure. And I think the way that this issue in particular approaches this specific topic is the main character who we really never get a name for. I think we do, but it's not important. He just doesn't feel like anything's interesting. He like starts on page one, like nothing's interesting anymore. I do these things that I know that I enjoy and they're just not interesting to me. They don't give me any kind of excitement. Um, I don't know if anybody else out there can relate to that, but I certainly can. So that was a it was a very interesting issue to read because at the end, I kind of or I was thinking from the start that by the end, I would be more, even more depressed because W. Maxwell Prince does one thing very well that I can always count on, which is tell an extremely depressing story. And that's not <laughs> like he's out to get me or make people's hearts break all the time but nine times out of ten when i'm picking up an issue of something that has w maxwell prince on it i'm gonna feel a little bit worse off than what i started um but that's why we read these types of things um the surprising part about this issue is that i found that it did have a positive ending and i like that the book has this double negative in its title you know the end of anhedonia if if hedonia is this idea of experiencing pleasure anhedonia isn't so the fact that this book takes on this idea of this man experiencing this extreme depression of some kind specifically around just feeling numb about everything all the time and goes into his psyche to try to analyze what that is through hypnotherapy um which is a bonkers idea but the book kind of just rolls with it and of course, getting Alex Ekman Lawn on this book, who I'd never heard of before, was maybe the best choice that this series could have made. Um, I don't know if W. Maxwell Prince is out there handpicking artists for these anthology books that he's doing, but holy shit, I don't think anybody could have done better. Like, and I love uh, uh, 
all of the other artists that he's worked with. He's worked with some crazy artists that have done very wild work. Like Martin Simmons, for instance, was on the first issue of the series. Great. I think Martin Simmons would have been garbage in this issue because Ekman Lawn nails this like really bizarre dreamscape thing of which is a mix of multiple art styles but also collage but a skew morphism on like foot photography and uh, so many things that like i really can't explain to you i mean i have the book in front of me we're live on twitch if you're not watching this on twitch i don't know what you're doing with your time but i can show you like we've got pages that are just like traditional comic book art right um and there's this really interesting thing that he does with like outlines of of art on top of art right like the background isn't really the same kind of art as hmm. the the foreground and he yeah, also does but then he does these other things where like this character albert that's his name is this like this is a massive collage of of multiple layers of art put together in magazine clippings and i don't know if ekman lawn drew this themselves or what but like this book just does stuff that like you can really only ever do in comics and like i just i freaking love this so much um, i'm so glad that i have a physical copy of this book because it's beautiful to look at i'm very mad that my local comic book shop gave me the variant cover um i really wanted the original cover if you see that one which is like holes inside of holes inside of a man's head it's absolutely gorgeous it's one of those things that i see and i go oh i should get that as a tattoo on my body it's so fucking cool um it's a beautiful issue overall i think like you could go pick this up on its own have a really good time this series is a wonderful anthology so like you don't need to have read anything else um except for the next issue is an ice cream man tie-in because of course it is because yeah. <laughs> that's how w maxwell prince operates and i'm so fucking excited um but yeah this issue is incredible um i i feel like this is the perfect artist for this dreamscape story as this person is slowly but surely driving into the root of what they believe is their actual source of frustration and anhedonia and w maxwell prince knocks it out of the park it's a beautiful issue from start to finish yeah i, I i've also really been enjoying this series and uh funny you mentioned the the cover because I actually picked up the cover where you see Albert and his inner child in the front of the cover. Cause oh, that made, okay. Like, that was the part of the book that I clung onto the most. And they made me kind of, I was like, I want this one. The first one's very jarring. It's beautiful, but it's also very jarring. Uh, and yeah, I just, this anthology has been so much fun. Like each issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my favorite issue was the last one, uh, the end of a sentence. Uh, but <laughs> But this one was also very good. So I don't know. Yeah. I'll probably reread everything once we get the last one. Um, mm-hmm. I Yeah, this is probably my favorite work from uh, W. Prince, even though I love Ice Cream Man and I love Haha and like pretty much Art Brute. Like, dude doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. Yeah. He just doesn't miss. So. Tying it into the Ice Cream Man cinematic universe. <laughs> I mean... The fact that I didn't even know that Haha ha number six was going to be an Ice Cream Man tie-in. And I was like, okay, yeah, th- there is a greater universe at play here. And Nick and I can't stop but trying to machinate on it every time there's a new volume out. So, um, yeah, anyways, this series is fantastic. I, in particular, though, this is maybe the best issue of the series so far. Probably one of the best things I've, I've read from W. Maxwell Prince. Um, and I really love all of his other stuff. So, highly recommend Swan Songs number five if you can get your hands on it. Uh, but let's bounce back over to you, Danny. Let's talk about another book that you've been reading. Well, Mike, this week we got the start of a new century book. The Century Number 1 came out from Marvel Comics. Okay. This was written by Jason Liu with art by Luigi Sagaria, colors by Arthur Estley, letters by Joe Caramagna. Uh, now, 
as you may or may not know, uh, the Sentry Robert Reynolds died during the King in Black. Null just like split him apart. So okay. going into this book, I was like, okay, how are we gonna get there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So in this book, we'll find out who will be the new Sentry. Uh, the Sentry's dead, but ordinary people all over the world suddenly manifesting his powers and experiencing snippets of Bob Reynolds' memories. Will one of them survive long enough to emerge as the new Sentry, or will their newfound power destroy them? Uh, when Misty Knight and Jessica Jones cross paths in search of answers, they open an investigation that will change everything you know about the Sentry. Uh, so okay. ch- this book checks out a lot of boxes, right? Uh, we got Sentry shenanigans that I'm always on board for. It's such a weird character. Uh, <laughs> he's, like a, he's like a cancer in the Marvel Universe yeah. where they were like, hey, look, here's a fun idea. And then like no one at all knows what to do with him. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think this this is probably a fun way to possibly bring back the Sentry in a, uh, in, in an interesting way. I almost want them to do like a Captain Planet thing where like all the people that are manifesting his powers <laughs> have to get together and call him back. See, uh, but the twist would be that they put all their stars together and then the void comes out, right? That's yeah, that would yeah, be the be big cool. twist on this series, right? Um but also somebody's hunting all these people to kind of consolidate that power. So there's there's a lot more that we don't even know about that. And then of course okay. teaming up Misty Knight and Jessica Jones to like investigate all this. Like who better in the Marvel universe to like look into like this really weird stuff than those two? So, totally. Uh, yeah, really fun stuff. I, I I did not expect to enjoy this as much as I did, uh, but I'm glad that this book is out and I, I kind of want to follow it along because I forget how much I like the Sentry until I read another book that's Sentry related, uh, which is pretty meta because that's kind of his power. Like he's made people in the Marvel <laughs> universe forget about him. Forget about yeah, uh, yeah. So it's oh, it's wild. Yeah, go go read. There's a few one, a few. Uh, there's like three or four one shots called like Sentry and like X Men and Fantastic Four. Those are really fun, but this one's also very good. Okay, well, I mean, at this point, the only amount of engagement that I want to have with the Sentry is listening to that Horse the Band song. But that's a whole other thing. Um, but anyways, Brian, why don't you tell us about another book that you've been reading? Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned Godzilla minus one earlier. Uh, my next book was a Godzilla book. Hell yeah! Uh, this was Godzilla Aftershock. Uh, this is written by Arvid Nelson uh, with lines by Drew Edward Johnson and colors by Alan uh, Pasalacqua, I believe is how that's pronounced. This is actually, this is the back half of what they call the Monsterverse Titanthology. Hell yeah. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first the first half is a King Kong story that I haven't gotten around to reading yet, but I, I fully intend to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is set shortly after the 2014 Godzilla movie, but it features characters who are like going to go on to be the main characters of the Godzilla King of the Monsters sequel. Okay. In 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 this book, we have uh, the the Muto Prime, the the basically a a bigger, badder version of the monsters from the first Godzilla, um, is tearing ass around the world trying to pick fights with the g-man himself uh because apparently this thing is like a parasitic wasp and it wants to lay its eggs inside godzilla (laughs) totally understandable you know yeah um which i thought was an interesting twist um 
the way they got there didn't make a whole lot of sense for they're like, ah, see, this cavern is just like this other cavern because it's not actually a cavern. It's the hollow left by a decomposed Godzilla body. Okay. So like, there were I, previous Godzillas is the implication there? Yeah. I, I, I don't know enough about geology or biology to say if that's how that works or not. Yeah. It, it well, felt like a bit of a stretch, but then again, this is a Godzilla book. So. The concept of the hollow earth also doesn't fully align with real world geology. Reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would say just let, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that one. That's, that's, that's a good point. Just gotta get relaxed. Let the giant monsters flow over me. <laughs> right. uh, which unfortunately I think works a lot better in film or in any other like animated medium. Sure. Um, but I don't, I don't want to say that this book was like bad. I think that, you know, it, it was well-written. I think the art looked great. They did a good job of like giving Godzilla expressions instead mm. of just making him look like a giant lizard. Um, I just think that you lose so much of the, the impact of these movies when you're just staring at a still image. Sure. Sure. Yeah. The Godzilla's, humongousness i guess and like the way he moves is a core part of the godzilla creature in franchise i think so i totally understand what you're saying yeah and like the the sound design in those movies is some of my favorite stuff like Mm -hmm. the that charge up noise that godzilla makes what he's gonna fire is his laser breath dude so good Mm -hmm. and the the roar they have for him Mm-hmm. is amazing mm-hmm. and you just you, you don't get any of that in a in a silent medium right now brian might i recommend if you want a little bit more of the action maybe check out the godzilla i mean the justice league versus godzilla versus kong book uh once it's all con- collected uh because i'll just sell it to you like this and this is how i'm selling it to people you get to see superman punch godzilla in the face uh and if that doesn't get you in there i don't know if anything else will but I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's a good time to be a Godzilla fan with like the movie, the Monarch show on Apple TV, like all these comic books. Uh, yeah, we're we're thriving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that Monarch show? Is that any good? It is fantastic. Seeing Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell play the same character in different time, like mm. father and son playing the same character, it's so much fun. On top of like, the the show also takes place after the 2014 Godzilla movie. And also, I guess, okay. the timeline of the Skull Island movie. Uh, and those are two of the, my favorite ones from that universe, specifically Skull Island. So, like, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, I'm actually going to watch the newest episode right after we get done here. I nice. just rewatched uh, King of the Monsters the other day, which is, like, such an amazing spectacle and such a dog shit movie. Yeah. <laughs> like... The, the 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 dialogue in this movie is some of the worst I've ever heard. But then Godzilla comes up and I'm just like, ah, yay. Yes. <laughs> Jangle here. your keys yay. in front of me again. <laughs> oh, Ghidorah, um, let's go. Isn't isn't that Monarch show, isn't that the Matt Fraction TV show that he worked on? Okay, right. cool. So if you need a comic book tie-in, folks, I just did it for you. Go watch Monarch. It's based on work from a comic creator. Um, I want to shout out Paul G in the chat really quick, who... Uh, who complimented me on my sweater if you're not watching at home i'm wearing a very cool christmas x-men sweater so thanks paul for that i appreciate it um 
let me talk about about one more book really quick and then dana i know you've got one more too um so i read a little tiny comic book and i mean physically little tiny called um wolfen at least that's that's how i'm pronouncing it this is by ver from quindry press um this is a funny little book that i got as part of a not funny at all actually it's totally not a funny book but it's a comic book uh that i got as part of a kickstarter from the quindry press they did this hey support us and we'll give you four or five little mini comics they're like 48 pages long um and so far the handful that i've read out of the the three that i've read out of the five have been pretty good um this one is by far the best one that i've read and it's it's Un- unbelievably good like probably one of the better comics i've read in the past couple months honestly um especially as something that's a one shot that gets you ramped up with everything that's going on and ends on such a satisfying interesting um story beat uh but basically the idea of this book is a story the story follows a young girl who becomes a chosen quote daughter what is on- of what is only known as the beast uh the beast is this huge four-legged monstrosity who's wreathed in flames and hell-bent on destroying many if not all of the towns and villages in the land we really don't get a lot of definition there we just see that this beast kind of goes from village to village destroying things and the daughter kind of shows up as almost like a silver surfer to galactus style relationship right now she is really not into this she really doesn't like that she was chosen she really is against what the beast is doing but there's this kind of you have to understand the reasoning behind things and i don't want to completely spoil the book because it is really short and it's a really fast read um but it's it's it ends in such an interesting sort of sad but satisfactory way that i was just like floored by the fact that all of this was contained within 45 pages or excuse me 48 pages inside of this little tiny book it's like a quarter sheet sized comic book um the art by ver in this book is incredible um i feel like there are single page like yeah there's a single page like here of just this giant beast monster on fire um as it's the the fire kind of just lives inside of its body. We get these really wonderful moments with uh, the character, the daughter, who is like just really torn emotionally about what's happening and what she's supposed to do. Like, I'm telling you, this book is just absolutely gorgeous. These as metal as all hell. Dude, it's it's so cool. It, it almost makes you think like like the Burninator is coming, like that <laughs> strong bad bit from way back in the day. Um but like there's so much emotion and there's so much heart in this book and again to contain all of that in this really tiny 48 page comic is is incredible um if you can get a copy of this i'll put a link to this in the show notes it's totally worth your money um i cannot wait to back more books from this quindry press if they do more on kickstarter uh, but yeah wolf and daughter totally rules um i love this book from beginning to end uh yeah that's that's all i can really say about it but it, it I, I just the, the art in this book just floors me every single time like there are just these pages of just absolute destruction that are happening and it's like oh so well done so good i i just went on their website and they have a lot of really cool looking stuff like yeah Quindry press uh and it's all very affordable too like eight dollars for a book or four dollars for mm-hmm. a digital like or most books like mm-hmm. that's a good well, deal eight like pounds Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's in it. It is in in not British not pounds. British yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little more, but either way, like it looks cool. So I, you know, I think yeah. I might get a few of those digital ones to check them out. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally worth it, even just for the digital. But if you can get the physical, it's a nice little book to put on your shelf. Um, however, it is like thin. It's like a single issue comic, so it doesn't really fit inside of a bag and bag and board exactly. Kind of feels weird to put on your shelf. Um, so if you're a, a, a 
wild person like me, you can go to PAX Unplugged and you can buy a full little zine shelf that a guy is selling because you bought so many Morkborg and Cyborg zines that you don't know what to do with them. And this guy <laughs> says, hey, you bought a bunch of these things for me. Why don't I also sell you this other thing that's 60 bucks? You can build it when you get home and then you can put all your zines on your table because it doesn't actually fit inside the nice Calyx bookshelf that you thought because you don't have to do measure <laughs> mental measurements. Like that's also an option. Just throwing that out there. I, I want to go to Ikea with Mike. <laughs> And just watch him freak out over like nothing fits anywhere. Mm -hmm. Listen, if we hit $50,000 on Patreon, the $50,000 that we earn, I'll take somebody, whoever is donated the most to Kickstarter or to Kickstarter, to, <laughs> to Ikea. Kickstarter. Uh, anyways, Danny, I'm going to shut up. Tell me us about one more book before we get into the top for pile. <sighs> well, all I can think about is the little meatballs at the end of the Ikea now, but uh, I'll try to get through this last book. Um, the last book I read, well, the last book I'll talk about because I've read too many. It's a Berserker Fallen Empire, and I have this really cool foil uh, local comic book uh, cover that I picked up. This is the Jenny Frison cover, but it's it's black and white. Oh, it's Shiny. just in grayscale. I know. I love foil. I I'm such a dumb kid from the '90s that any foil comic will like like I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Danny's the reason they're still making those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And the reason like all these trading card companies are still in business, like Mike just pointed out to us. Yeah, Pokemon I just pointed out my nice Venusaur that I got up here Ooh. that you can see. Put foil on anything. And, you know, we should do IRCB foil cards of the host. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> so this book is written by Madsen Tomlin, uh, who also wrote the uh the script for the batman movie so if you like that you'll probably like this or batman imposter over at dc uh this is from the book from keanu reeves uh and artist by artist by uh rebecca isaacs and colors by d Cunphy. in this book we see the lone survivor of all this a long dead empire that once thrived tells a tale of uh berserker's distant past and the death of catac and cataclysm he brought forth uh if you like a book that is just super violent, the Berserker is the book for you. I, I just love that every once in a while they're releasing these one shots after the series now that it's over. Mm -hmm. uh, and because this character, it's pretty much the Immortal War, the Eternal Warrior, right? He's an, yeah. He's been around forever. Um, so you can really put him into any times, any time era and he'll fit. Uh, and you can just tell this cool little violent story. Now, the really cool thing about this one is that it also is telling it's kind of a mystery of like who is still around to be telling the story since berserker killed everyone in that empire uh and then also what led to the fall of the empire because berserk b as they call they call him b and that's such a weird uh nickname for it because it doesn't fully uh, it doesn't fully identify how violent this man can get sure um, sure but it, like he doesn't just go around killing people for no reason so like you know there's gotta be they did something somebody did something to him uh to kind of make all this happen once again maybe he's the ashton kutcher of his time uh you know so <laughs> ashton kutcher's gonna end up on the episode name and i uh, just can't, uh, I don't please. Think can help it uh, but it'll be good for the algorithm um, just the ashton kutcher of his time that's yeah. that's gonna be the episode title i'm sure <laughs> uh but yeah uh big fan of these one shots boom keep putting them out like every couple of months every quarter uh, however, I'll keep revisiting this until they eventually make the movie because I know that's the reason Keanu Reeves is attached to all this. Oh, of course. The, I'm sure they're not being very subtle about that. But I, I'm on board. I love Keanu Reeves too. So, like, give me more Berserker. 
Sure. I was going to say, I'm wondering when this movie is going to get announced. Like, maybe this is something that got caught up in the in the writer's strike and yeah. stuff, and maybe we'll see it next year or something. But, I mean, like, they're ready. They're definitely ready to keep putting out content for this IP. So, I don't know. Um, well, let's uh, let's take a quick break here. I think we should do that. I think my cat is in desperate need of attention, if you can't see it on the screen here. You see you're staring at the back of your head. Yeah, I caught that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, she just wants some food. So we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's on the top of our pile and then just wrap this little show up real quick. So we'll be back in just a second. To wrap up this week's episode of IRCB, we're going to jump right into everyone's favorite thing. The thing that people always tell us they love the most about Irie comic books, and that is top of my pile. This is comic books that you've been meaning to read, an old book, a new book, something that's just been sitting on your shelf and you finally want to get to it. We're going to talk about it. Before we get into our picks, though, there's some folks hanging out with us live, and that is mostly the folks that have been hanging out with us live on Discord. Um, the Discord is a wonderful place that you can check out in the show notes if you haven't already been there. Um, Tom, though, is reading Wasted Space Volume 3, which I'm very excited to hear Tom's re- like actual finishing of this series because I have a lot of thoughts and I feel like they don't align with most people. So, Tom, let me know what you think. Um, Paul G is going to be reading Jeff Parker's Blighter Tracker of the Realm. And CK is going to be reading Paul Jaceley's favorite book, Monica. Um, CK, I can't wait to hear what you think about that book because it is out there it's wild um and i loved it as well but let's jump into things uh, i probably should also say because i've got a little bit of housekeeping that i should do at the top of the second half of the show every time which is you can always follow us on the internet and instagram tiktok twitter discord we've got goodreads we've got all that stuff um so please 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 go check us out over there um we've got a youtube channel that danny runs it's amazing uh, full of really cool clips and bits and pieces from the show um and as always you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash ircb podcast you can get access to things like the ircb movie club we have an episode dropping very soon that should be it's going to be all about old boy if you haven't seen that book or seen that movie or read that series you should go do that and then subscribe to the patreon so you can get access to that plus we've got <laughs> giant days of our lives uh we've got the a better batmobile and so many other things it's going to be a really really fun time uh, if you go subscribe so patreon.com slash ircb podcast but let's get into things uh let's start with you brian what is on the top of your pile this week uh i'm gonna do something that i i very rarely do and that's listen to nick white Uh, top of my pile is the forged volume one operation black box Mm -hmm. it's written by i think i think i got these credits right but honestly the the credit page of the book was a little confusing to look at sure i believe written by greg rucka and eric troutman art by mike henderson uh colors by nolan woodard and letters by ariana mar um as as the classic movie quote goes you had me at buff ladies in power armor I mean, that's how it was pitched to me, too. So I totally understand. Yeah. And I, I, I read the first few pages just to like, so I could understand what the hell this book is actually about, because I really did just tune out at Buff Ladies and Power Armor when Nick was pitching it to us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my head went somewhere for that. But it, it looks like it's going to be the, the kind of like bonkers sci-fi that I really dig, where they're just like, Look, we're not going to tell you what T space is. We're just going to mention it, and you can either get on board or get out of the way. <laughs> and like, I, I dig that. I mean, sometimes you need a little bit of an explanation. Like, like in in Star Wars, like we don't need to understand how a hyperdrive works. 
mm-hmm. just need to know that hyperspace is a thing and we can pick up what it does from context and any any lengthy explanations like that are just going to have nerds fighting on forums um, because that's how I spent the early 2000s. Mm, I see. I see. Um, well, that's this is very exciting. This is also um, on my forever to read list, but Nick has been pushing it quite a bit, so it will probably slowly but surely make its way up to the top as as it, he keeps pressing me on it um, and yeah. mentioning it on the show. So I'm excited to hear what you think about this because Greg Rucka sci-fi can get very heavy at times, but I've heard that this book doesn't necessarily do that. This collection is uh, issues one through three, and it's up on Hoopla, so oh, it's a pretty pretty easy to get your hands on. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is also like a magazine size book too. So the art style is pretty cool. That's the only reason I haven't picked them up because I don't have enough room for magazine size comics. Sure, sure. Uh, I need to rearrange. Maybe get a contractor to like blow out a wall in my house or something. Uh, <laughs> now, if they slap some foil on that bitch, Danny will make room for it. But <laughs> so just just a word out there for Image and Greg Rucka and Co. You know, just put a foil cover out. Danny will get that put a immediately. Foil on it. Put a foil on it. <laughs> uh, well, let me talk about a book that I'm excited about to read next. Uh, this is Masterpiece Number 1 by, hear me out, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev with colors by Ian Herring. Um, I feel like every year or so, I give something Brian Michael Bendis is working on a try. Read into that as you like. Uh, the guy's constantly putting out books, and I feel like I try. And I don't. Um, but this time it's with Alex Maleev, and that's pretty hard to resist because that dynamic duo has put out some amazing comic books um, that I've loved or loved at least enough to, to keep reading. And uh, so I'm really interested. Plus, the synopsis for this book sounds pretty interesting. It's a very, very lengthy synopsis, which doesn't really bode well for the book, in my opinion. Um, but I, I found a way to kind of sum it up from Dark Horse's website. Emma's parents were infamously heist-styled criminals who swiped a cool billion from a billionaire, a man named Zero Preston. Preston has been trying to find a way to seek revenge and discovers that while Emma's parents have gone off the grid, Emma hasn't. In order to exact his revenge, he forces Emma into taking on one of the greatest heists of all time. This time, though, it's against Preston's corporate enemy. Emma will have to gather up some of her peers and recruit some of her parents' old friends to pull this off, and it's going to be dicey. And a character we may be... I don't really know this person. Know from other comics named The Paragon will also be making an appearance. Um, I've never heard of this person before, but the synopsis makes me think that it's real or something that I should know. I googled this best to my ability, and I could not find anything about this outside of like a lone Marvel character from like the 80s. So I don't think it's that character. Um, but anyways, this sounds interesting. Alex Maleev, beautiful art. Brian Michael Bendis can write a pretty good comic book. Um and so I'm excited to at least try this out from Dark Horse because, uh, you know, you always got to try stuff, right? That's the important thing about comics. Shouldn't get set in your ways. You should be always open to new ideas and new things because you never know if you're going to love something. Um, I feel like every time I try nine times out of ten, it's a hit rather than a miss. So you got to You got to at least put yourself out there. Um, unlike a that, heist book, a heist book is a really good sell a really easy sell too. I was going to say I heard heist and I was like, I'm in. Let's do this. At least for number one. Let's see how it goes. If it, if it becomes a bit too much, it might be something that I wait till the trade. But I'm at least going to try number one. Um, I'm not going to be like that guy on the internet that people have been ragging on recently who's just like, why are people putting themselves inside of Captain America books? And I'm like, bud, the human experience needs to be 
told through de- these types of myths and characters, but that's a whole other discussion. Sorry. I, I am always relieved when somebody mentions online drama like that and I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, you should probably be thankful. Yeah. It's just like, oh, thank God I, I missed that one. It was an easily an hour long conversation, like over the phone that Nick and I had. We were watching something like, you know, co-watching distantly, um, which is a fun thing to do. But Nick was like, did you ever did you see this tweet? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> because that's <laughs> no never... good story has ever started but did you see this exactly tweet? exactly and he said that to me and i i was like oh boy and we literally stopped what we were watching and talked about it for like an hour and the, the night just diverged from there um but anyways that's a whole other conversation maybe we'll talk about it after we finish the show um danny though tell us about a book that's on the top of your pile to wrap us up here well before we do that i'm gonna go rogue since mike can't stop me and it's live uh i just want to mention there are four books oh. on my pull list that say batman in the title next week and i'm gonna mention two <laughs> because they're really good uh batman city uh. of madness that uh ed brubaker talked about last episode mm. uh along with paul well paul talked yeah, about paul it talked with, about with it. ed but yeah yeah the headline reads better as ed brubaker talked about it on the rcv <laughs> podcast uh, and also batman gargle of gotham so and those are magazine-sized mm. books, so that's why I can't buy The Forge, because I'm already picking those up. Uh, I see, so. I see. You've only got room for the DC Black Label stuff on your shelf. Unfortunately. Sorry, Greg Rucka. Um, but the book I'm excited for next week is uh, Moon Knight, number 30. This is the last issue of this ongoing series. Now, this series premiered back in July 2021, uh, which I can't believe it's been so long. So, um uh, this is going to be written by Jed McKay with art by Alessandro Capuccio, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Corey Petit. The terminal seconds of Moon Knight end. So Moon Knight is going to die, apparently, because if you've seen any advertisement, um, so you either know that or you don't. Or if you don't know that, you probably don't care that Moon Knight's about to die. Uh, <laughs> but by dying, it just means that next month we're going to get a new series called Vengeance of the Moon Knight. So in order to be ready for that, I want to catch up. I'm actually kind of behind on this series. Uh, so I put Moon Knight number 30, but I really just want to catch up all the way to Moon Knight number 30. Um, sure. I really have been enjoying this series, though. It really takes a, a street-level approach to Moon Knight as opposed to some more of the mystical stuff, uh, like what you can read in uh, David Pebbles's City of the Dead Moon Knight uh, miniseries mm. that's going on. So Marvel's doing a really smart thing of like, you want Supernatural Moon Knight, go read this book. You want Street Level Moon Knight, then you can read this book. Uh, So yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, how he kicks the bucket and then how we like, and then what that means for the next series, uh, which is going to be with the same team. So like, I don't know why we need a new series. Why isn't this just the beginning of a new arc? But as we all know, number one sell. Uh, So here we are. I'm sure they'll drop, uh, maybe they'll drop some foil covers. Um, you know, Marvel doesn't do as many fall covers as they should. No, um, no, that's more of a DC thing. It is a DC thing. And boom, boom puts out a lot of foil too. They do. They do. They do. Uh, Much which... to my chagrin, because sometimes <laughs> I just want to buy the regular cover, but they put out the foil cover and nobody wants it. And it's the only one left on the shelf. And I forgot to buy the first issue of the many deaths of Layla star. And that's the only that I could get. And I don't want to pay $15 on eBay. Well, so I, I got to move one. to New Jersey to make sure that I can get a fall cover from boom studios here's the thing danny you and i will just swap if you can buy me a regular cover i'll buy you the foil cover and we just mail them back and forth yeah, to each other how about that we, all just, we just mail each other books back yes. and forth yes that sounds good to me that sounds good to me <laughs> i feel like danny's getting the better deal out of that <laughs> listen i'll do anything to get a cover a and that's a stupid thing to have to say but like 
these so these freaking publishers in there ding ding nine variants for number one issue so freaking com- comic book shops only buy three of each copy because they're like well we want to get all seven or nine and so they bought 27 copies of number one but they only got three of the a cover and guess what one i want just a cover i want the one that's going to show up when you google moon knight number 30 and it's that cover i don't want anything that's like the scotty young variant or the foil variant where his only his eyes are reflective or something. i don't care about that i just want the regular cover unfortunately the the only solution is that you add really everything to your pull list and that because that guarantees like what cover you get but see danny guess what i didn't request this cover i requested the a cover so uh i'm not trying to be mean about comic book shops i understand your ass danny (laughs) yeah i guess no i'm just i'm just no i don't know i don't know it's a whole that's a whole other shtick i just danny i'm excited i'm glad that you're excited about the end of moon knight and the rebirth of moon knight um (laughs) Sure. I feel like yeah. you very, keep... sincere, very sincere, Mike. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's always one of my favorite things to do on this show is just to send Mike into a spiral. I, I, I we've got to end this episode lest I, uh, I, before, I spiral even further. Before we do that, I did want to sure. just one complaint, and this is more of a. It's just something that kind of annoys me that people are doing already. Like, why are people putting together best of like lists uh, now? At the beginning of December, like the year isn't over. There's still Why does a bunch Spotify of... Wrapped yeah. come out in November? There's still I... a bunch of comics. There's still a bunch of movies. Most some of the movies that I've watched this year that are the best have been in the past couple of weeks. So like, right. Wait till Jan. I know everybody wants to click first, but just wait till January and you'll have a more comprehensive list, especially comics because there's a lot of stu- like a lot of cool collections are coming out at the end of the year because they mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. schedule them for like the Christmas time when people are trying to buy stuff. Uh, and those cover and those books don't end up on good lists because I don't know, people just uh, start making them in the middle of December or whatever. Uh, so that that's my one complaint. So if anybody's watching this and you're about to publish a list, just wait a couple of weeks. Uh, you may be surprised. See, Danny, this is why IRCB is notoriously lit on most things because we don't want to be first lest we become wrong. So if we wait long enough, eventually we we will be right. That's that's the way that I see it. So yeah. We'll put out a we, best we, of 2023 in March. Don't worry. <laughs> we take the uh, early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese approach. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I guess with that, we'll wrap up today's show. <laughs> um, next week's show is going to be, uh, it's going to be me and Kate and Nick. We're going to be talking about something. I, we, there was an idea floating around. I just don't know what it is because I didn't write it down in our documents, so sorry about that. But it, it's going to be me and, and Kate and Nick next week. It's going to be really fun. Uh, Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do our music and we appreciate that forever. Xander is a very cool guy who likes to have fun and quite honestly, I can't blame him. Uh, I want to say thank you to Danny and Brian for being on this episode. Thank you for watching live on Twitch. You're a fantastic human being. Thank you to Kate for proof editing this episode. And until next time, comics are good and so are you. Thank you.